Ladies and gentlemen, I have been amazed to notice that I'm working on at least three pieces about Marx and communism. I think of these things as a serious problem. I've paid more attention as the years have gone by, and mainly from writing about education, I see that in every case you have the extreme left making the schools do the worst possible things for children. Why that dispensation? Question mark. Now, Marx was a rising phenom in 1830s and 1840s. I guess his high watermark was in the middle of the century, and then he died in the 1880s. He was a phenom most of his life. I think he intended to rule the world. Of course, he didn't get that, but he was trying. So I'm disappointed that so few people know very much about Marx and communism. There should be in every college a course called Communism Studies. Look at Stalin killing millions in Russia, or Pol Pot killing millions in Cambodia. You have an absolute festival of awful. Marx's sins seems to be that he always tried to get his way. Every last point. In doing so, he created a pretext for all the bad actors who would come after him, starting in Russia, and next in China, then in Cambodia. All the little cockroaches, cockroaches rushing about. I think the American people are now ready to see the facts. The Democrat Party should be called the American Communist Party, and we should understand that these people have little interest in facts, comma, wisdom, or anything else. The whole thing is to create a pretext for destroying anybody who gets in your way. In studying education, I became aware that there are many destructive ideas, things like sight words, constructivism, and all this other stuff that would not exist in this world if there were not a malignant source. Professors up at Harvard seem to have the job of coming up with new ways to subvert the school system and make the children illiterate and ignorant. Now you can say that Marx was excessively brainy or clever or seductive or charming even, whatever you want. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that in many ways he was nasty in his personal hygiene and nasty in how he treated others. He was covered with boils, which should tell you that he did not take a lot of baths. And if someone disagreed with him in his Socialist Party meetings, he would scream at them, I will annihilate you. Apparently, when Marx got mad at you, he just kept attacking until you couldn't appear in public or continue with your life in general. You, you were reduced to a pathetic uh, defeat. By way of contrast, consider that commies have no positive or successful things to show. They have these horrible murderers, dictatorships, where tens of millions of people are shoved into ditches, shot and killed in various ways, and that's it. So long story short, Marx and communists were so obsessed with winning every victory, with silencing every opponent, with pushing ahead to their world conquest, that they lost touch with humanity if they ever had any such touch. They were rarely thinking in terms of somebody growing or something getting better. They were thinking in terms of Karl Marx 
moving higher up the dictator hierarchy. QED, we can't have a normal life anywhere in this world until we dump this pernicious influence. Karl Marx and his people just want to rampage and pillage their way to the top. How do you expect a better world when Mongols are riding through your town? That's Marx and the Communist Chinese Party. These people don't believe in anything religious. There are no rules, so they can do absolutely anything they want. And what do they want? They want to win. The end justifies the means. The goal is to win, and if you have to kill somebody's mother three times with a meat cleaver, so be it. That's what is required by the context, by history, with a capital H, by an analysis of Marxian priorities. Maybe Marx had some good ideas mixed in there somewhere, but he took everything to a sick extreme. That's the bad heritage that he has left with us. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education. But the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff. And that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, The beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site improve-education.org with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.